0: From Viewpoint Podcast Network, this is the Shot Clock, a weekly analysis on trending NBA news from the people who understand the sport best. And moving on, we will move on to the Eastern Conference uh, where the Cavs may have lost Kevin Love and J.R. Smith for only two games. Um, Are the Cavs still the favorite to win the East?
1: Yeah, I think they are sort of favourites when the East. I mean, you've still got LeBron. I mean, Kyrie's still playing at an exceptional level. I mean, I, I kind of worried about Kyrie coming into this season. You know, how would he? How would he fit in? I actually saw the better fit around Kevin Love and and LeBron at the time. But I think Kyrie's been tremendous. I've been one of his biggest critics at times, and you know, I've had to eat a little bit of humble pie and just uh, you know, give him a bit, give him a uh, some compliments for the way that he's played over over the course of the season. And, you know, you've got that one-two punch. Mm-hmm. I think the move that they really made that really, you know, stood out for me, and a lot of people are a bit critical of it, was, that, you know, going to get a guy like Mozgov. He gave them that size that they need to protect the rim when Varajel went down. You know, people tell me, well, you know, you've given up a couple of draft picks here, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're building these superstar teams, draft picks at times really don't make that much difference because you still make things work, or you need... A ring chasers or guys that want to pick up the vet minimum to come and play on these teams, like a James Jones, like you know Mike Miller or whoever else they're going to bring in. So getting a guy like Moskov in was, was a very good move. I mean, Schumpert and obviously J.R. Smith are coming as well. They're going to be without J.R. Smith. But from a point of view, if it had been Chicago, I was sitting there thinking as a Bulls fan, I would rather J.R. Smith be out there than Iman Schumper. because yeah. Schumpert poses a lot more issues for us if from a defensive standpoint, he's a more reliable shooter, whereas J.R. Smith is the kind of guy that can look very good one minute and then shoot you out of a game the next. I mean, who who doesn't remember the way you played for the New York Knicks against the Indiana Pacers in our playoffs a few years back? We basically shot them out of that series. And if you get that again, and um, he decides he's going to go you know, three-point mad, but not actually knock them down. And he can actually do more damage to them than good, but LeBron and Kyrie are still going to carry this team. They're still going to be a team that's going to be favoured to go into Eastern Conference Finals. Atlanta are struggling against Brooklyn, which is one of the things I didn't see happening, um, and are not playing as well as they were during the December-January period, when to seems like they were unbeatable. Um, Cleveland have got to be the favorites of coming out of the East. I think, obviously, their, their difficult game is going to be whoever they play in the Western Conference, but I think they're still the team to beat in the East. And outside of Golden State, they're probably still the team to beat in the NBA.
0: Yeah, um, I think first off, I want to say that I think that the JR uh, suspension was outrageous. I think he should have gotten at least five. Um, I think he should have got between five and ten because he's a repeat offender. And um, to, and whether it was intentional or not, uh, that Jay Crowder strained his MCL or ACL from that. And plus, that was, uh, that was a heck of a shot to the face. I mean, that was a full-on swing. So I think he definitely should have been suspended more. But anyways, in terms of uh, the loss of J.R. Smith and Kevin Love, Kevin Love is dramatic uh, is a dramatic loss for them. But I still think they're making it out of the East because the only team I see challenging them is Chicago. And Chicago can push them maybe six at the max. They're too inconsistent. Um, I I just, I don't see anybody. I don't see Atlanta, especially, especially because they're not healthy. One, I've never been a believer of them uh, throughout the entire season. I kept saying, you know, they got to prove it in the playoffs. They got, they got to do it in the playoffs. And the fact that they struggled to Brooklyn um, shows that I don't think that they're ready for the Cavs and the Cavs will annihilate them or the Wizards in their stagnant offense and, so I think the only team that could pose a threat to them is Chicago and I think Chicago will force them maybe 6 at the uh, I mean yeah I'm I'm going to go with 6. I think that I think that Derrick Rose will have two special nights and that'll get them that'll get them a W each night and I still think they they walk to the NBA finals.
1: Yeah, I I still think they walked to the NBA Finals. I want to go back to your like, J.R. Smith point. I mean, I, I tweeted out straight after it happened. I felt it would be a two-game suspension. I didn't think they will get anything more than that. Um, really? The thing is, I know that we start looking at injuries that take place off of what players do, but there is no professional league that takes a look and that, that looks and says, right, okay, well that guy has received that injury, therefore we should hand out a stiffer penalty that is yeah. more in line with the injury it's caused. That's never happened. It's never going to happen. It's something I'd like to see happen, but it, there's no history for it. Um, I agree that JR Smith is a repeat offender, but I still only saw two games in it. Um, if, had he got more, it wouldn't have surprised me, but it was only ever going to be a couple of games. I didn't. I didn't see a long suspension coming out of this. In terms of the way forward as well from everyone else outside of Cleveland, I think you're right as well about Washington. I don't think we should take them too lightly because it wouldn't surprise me if Washington actually took care of Atlanta. I mean, Washington kind of struggled towards the end of the year and then they kind of got into a series against Toronto. And then all of a sudden they elevated their game. Toronto were very, very poor. I think what holds Washington back is their coach. I don't yeah. think their coaches are great. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that should be out of a job. Um, and he's going to be another guy, as we looked at at the end of the season, people are going to go, well, you've got the team again to the second round of the playoffs or to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's got to be kept around, and that's you know it's one of those things that's really, really bad. And, of course, the other thing as well is that, you know, we shouldn't forget that Paul Pierce took his social media game to another level against yes. Toronto, which was one of the, the best things we've seen in the playoffs for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that... I'm definitely with you on that that Washington could beat Atlanta uh, I think I actually think that if they were to face off if Atlanta does take care of Brooklyn which I think they will um, I, I definitely think that you'll see you'll see Washington beat Atlanta in six I just again I was never a believer of them I, I like a lot of their players but I just I, I don't know I just I don't think that they can get it that that group of guys can get it done. And as for the Cavs, if we want to just get back to the basketball standpoint of the impact and move away from the J.R. Smith, I Kevin Love was essential. I mean, he wasn't putting up; he was putting up eighteen and nine. I don't care who you are, eighteen and nine uh, goes missing, you're gonna you're gonna hurt pretty badly. And now you're gonna see because they don't really have outside of LeBron. They don't have a stretch four now. They have because Tristan Thompson can't shoot. James Jones, I think, is way too undersized to play a stretch for. He might play it for two minutes a game, but uh, but nowadays you need that kind of stretch for in your in your repertoire. And without Kevin Love, I seen a stat that showed that um, that Cleveland shot forty percent from three when Kevin Love was on the court. When he was off the court, they shot twenty two percent from three. Uh, obviously, I don't expect them to shoot that dramatically bad but if they did there's no way they could win Um, there's no way they could even beat Chicago if they shot that bad and Kevin Love I think he's just been uh, underestimated all season but the reason why I don't think as as big as Kevin Love's impact is the reason why I think that Cavs will still make it out is because you've seen when Bosh went down against Indiana all that did was give the ball to Kyrie and LeBron more and that helped. I mean, granted, I think Miami had a few better pieces around them um, in terms of the front court to help soften the blow of Bosch, But at the end of the day, I think having the ball in uh, in LeBron and Kyrie's hands more times is not a bad thing to have.
1: No, I, I agree. I mean, Miami had um, like guys like a, a Chris Anderson, who they could bring in. Um, mm-hmm. As a, as a big body, I mean, you could even say, I mean, from Cleveland's point of view, I mean, they got, I they say they've got Tristan Thompson. I mean, I think you, all you're going to see is, you're going to see, you know, you're going to have Mozgov, and then LeBron's going to play the four, and I think you're going to see more of James Jones or, or Mike Miller, uh, guys that can try and knock down a long-distance shot. I mean, they're, they're there for a reason. Yeah. They may not have played uh, various parts of the season, but, I mean, James Jones has always been one of those guys that LeBron's liked to have around. He was, You know, they you know, go back to the Miami days, um LeBron never wanted Mike Miller to leave um the Miami Heat when that situation went sour and you know Mike Miller wasn't given the money and Miller ended up going um to Memphis. Um they they have got the outside shooting and I, I agree, I mean Kyrie and LeBron are gonna see a hell of a lot of that ball. It's down to them to create. And if you put those two in there, maybe with Mozgov for a lot of the time and a couple of three point shooters. They're gonna still do some damage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kevin Love is is a guy that will attract attention, but all he was, he turned, all he was, just like a perimeter three point shooter. That's all he was turned into. I mean, you talk about thing, things that are gonna happen in the off season. If Cleveland don't win a title, then I think Blatt's out of a job. Blatt's gone. They'll they'll get somebody else in there. I, I, even hey, if they win a sure. the title, right. I think it might still he might still cross their mind. Yeah, if you could get rid of Blatt. I mean, for me, Blatt has been a disaster. You know, he's not coaching that team. LeBron's coaching it. But Black's mm-hmm. just like his figurehead, and he's actually almost as much of a puppet as uh, Derek Fisher is.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's why LeBron was okay with Blatt. I mean, I, I, no sources say that they consulted LeBron, and you know, there's the conspiracy theories out there that LeBron knew he was coming to Cleveland all along, and Cleveland knew he was coming, and all that, and they knew for months, and pretty much right at the day after that he got eliminated. Uh, But if that's true, I think maybe that's why a Mark Jackson didn't get hired or some, somebody who is a Mark Jackson. He knows that the stars run the show, but at the same time, Mark Jackson wants to coach. Whereas if you bring in a no name like David Blatt, David Blatt can take the the back seat maybe. And yeah, he'll flack all the criticism and LeBron will get all the praise. And I'm, I mean, I think that maybe that's why LeBron didn't go, or the Cavs didn't get Mark Jackson, but LeBron is on the record saying he wants Mark Jackson. And I think that they should fire him. I don't know if they will, but I think that David Blatt should be gone regardless of what happens because I think he's just, he, he hasn't used, especially Kevin Love, but the, the team in general, I don't think he's used it too near its full potential.
1: No, I mean, you, you kind of saw the teething problems in Cleveland, which I thought you might get, but the teething problems were actually a lot worse than even I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we look back at uh, LeBron's first yeah, first year in Miami. I mean, Spolstra was the coach there, and they got off a horrendous start, and people were calling for Spolstra's head. But I think after a, after a while, you know, Spolstra started getting the very best out of that Miami Heat team. And for me... Never really got the credit he deserved in Miami for you know for for his part in the in the two championships they actually won. You know you come into a situation in Cleveland where you know LeBron's come back. He wants was in a tight in Cleveland. Black's come in, but his coaching pedigree from um, overseas. That you know he was a, a very successful coach in FIBA, but FIBA's not the NBA. It, it's a completely different game. You haven't got those superstars like LeBron. I mean LeBron has invariably had coaches outside of Spolster in his career that have been puppets, yes. that, are, that are guys that really LeBron doesn't have to answer to. I mean, mm-hmm. Cleveland had one guy after another that LeBron really didn't have to answer to. And then it was only really when he got to Miami that, you know, with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh under, under Spolster and, and the Riley regime, that there was kind of, I think, more than mutual respect then maybe yeah. after a period of time that LeBron began to respect Spolster as a coach, and now you know who knows if Black stays around, maybe that respect, you know, that relationship will grow again mm-hmm. with Black. But I really don't see. It. I think you know Black has misused various pieces of that team, and mm-hmm. he's unfortunately going to be on a leash and and let go at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I think I think LeBron's in a perfect situation because we all know. The, M- the guys who really watch NBA know that LeBron's coaching the team. There's no doubt about that. But LeBron can also take the back seat when they're losing, and, and Blatt or Spolstra or whoever was his coach would always get the blame. Yeah. And I still think that even Spolstra, to an extent, I do believe that Spolstra was the best coach he's had to this point, yeah. but um, I still think he was also a puppet and a product of LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and all that. Uh, I think he's a decent coach. I think he's a solid coach. I think he's a coach who deserves a job. But I think that LeBron um, – LeBron, you're right. I mean, every coach he's had, Mike Brown uh, – Mike Brown, who else am I thinking? Yeah, Mike Brown, Spolster, and Blatt. That's all he's had, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he had, I think, Brown on a, on a couple of occasions. Um yeah. The thing is, I mean, as I said, it's this it goes back again. I mean, Spolsch is unfortunately not getting maybe as much credit as he deserves. I think it's been unfortunate in a way because of the situation not to sidetrack to Miami for a minute. But yeah. Miami had a season this year where you lose LeBron. Chris Bosh was having a really good season. And then Bosh then gets hurt. And then Wade's obviously on the downside of his career. You, re- I mean, Miami didn't make the playoffs. I mean, yes. one of the big benefits of that was a was a Brooklyn Nets team and a Boston Celtics team. They took advantage of the fact that Paul George and Chris Bosch got injured and made playoff runs this year. Um, and you didn't really get a chance to really, I don't think, see what a, what a very good coach Spolstra is. I I rate him actually rating quite highly as a coach. Okay. Um, there are I've spoken to guys within the Miami organization and they're very high on Spolstra. Um and he's a guy that's gonna be around there for a fair length of time now. Whereas you think, you know, when LeBron first went there, I mean everyone was calling everyone in the media was calling for Spolster's head. Everyone yeah. fully expected for Spolster to go and Pat Riley would be the kind of guy that would just come in and walk back in and, and coach that team. And I said I think I said a lot about Spolster is that he rode that storm even with Riley looking over at him. Mm. You know, Riley kind of like breathing down your neck on much. Whether he's actually doing that the, 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 the in, in reality when he's actually just in our minds doing it is is I think there's it's more the case but it's still a presence there i mean you think about like Riley's coaching experience everything he's won it's very difficult when you've got that guy above you in an organization and for him to as I say get past that and turn that miami heat team into a championship team I don't think you can understate.
0: So, um, yeah, and now that we got a little bit off track with uh, the coaching. But, uh, yeah, overall, so we both still think that the Cavs walk to the finals and that uh, there, there's really not much of a threat. This Viewpoint Podcast Network show is available on iTunes and up for streaming along with our show notes at viewpointnetwork.com.